This podcast is supported and sponsored by my good friends at Hunted. Now, did you know that research shows having a strong employer brand will reduce your time to hire by 50%, reduce your cost per hire by 50%, improve the retention of your staff by 28%, make candidates three times more likely to trust you, and double the number of qualified applicants. But developing a strong employer brand is not just about creating great content. What's even more important is getting that content seen as much and as often as possible. If you have a careers page, how do you actually drive traffic to it? If you have an Instagram account, how do you grow your following? If you're creating great content, like videos or podcasts or blogs, how do you actually get it seen by more of your target audience? Hunted is the place where recruitment brands can tell their story in a way no job post ever could. Learn what works, develop a sustainable employer brand strategy and reach more recruiters than ever before with Hunted. And I've been working really hard on getting an exclusive deal for all of you guys, for recruitment rollercoaster listeners. Up until the end of June, the end of this month, you can get a huge 50% off their annual subscriptions. Use the code ROLLERCOASTER50 and claim your profile today. I've had a sneak peek at what the Hunter team are up to, what they're working on, and trust me, you do not want to miss out on getting on this platform. Save money and use the amazing offer that all of you guys have access to. Claim your profile today. So the big question is this. How do the best recruiters and recruitment business owners ride the highs and lows of recruitment whilst ensuring they remain at the top? How do they stay consistent? How do they manage their time? How do they cultivate the correct mindset? And what are the best recruiters and recruitment businesses doing differently? These are the questions that all recruiters want to know the answers to. This is the podcast where I have real and honest conversations with some of the most talented recruitment professionals globally to uncover all their secrets. My name is Hisham Azuz. Welcome to the Recruitment Rollercoaster Podcast. Welcome to the Recruitment Rollercoaster podcast. My name is Hisham Azuz, and today I'm delighted to be joined by Andrew Dean, who is the co-founder of a recruitment business called Menlo Park Recruitment, and they are a healthcare recruitment, recruitment brand that are based in Leeds with 20 people in the business, and come September, have been going for five years. So, Andrew, thank you for uh, joining me remotely today. How are You're you? Welcome. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, thanks very much for, uh, for having me. Never, never done this before. So uh, yeah, excited to uh, to have a chat. Yeah, awesome. Honestly, I don't think I'd say 95% of people that come on this have never done it before. So you're uh, not alone on that one. Um, where where I always like to uh, start on on this podcast, Andrew, is uh, how did Andrew Dean enter the the lovely world of recruitment? Let Let's start with that story. 
Um, yeah, well, I suppose like most people, um, you know, by complete accident, um, you know, I, I did archaeology at, at university. Oh, wow. And, um, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, um, you know, worked in a museum um, after finishing. So, uh, you know, I, I suppose it's a, you know, quite, a, quite a different start to a lot of people. But um, yeah, when, when I started, it, you know, similar um, environment to today in, in the sense that we were going into recession, it would have been you know, 2008. Um, okay. So I ended up being in that job probably a little bit longer than I probably anticipated. Um, but, but really, I, I didn't know what to do because, you know, um, prior to that, I had also signed up to, uh, to do my law conversion. Um, oh, wow. where I was going to be a, a solicitor. And then literally a couple of weeks, having paid the fees, decided, oh, my God, I don't want to be a, a lawyer. Really? Uh, yeah. Um, so How old was you at this point? Um, so at that point, I'd have been um, uh, 22. Yeah. yeah. Just really caught in that, what the hell do I do? Yeah, you know, I I think it's one of those things. You know, you don't really get a lot of, you know, whilst you while you're going through the education system in terms yeah. of what what you want to do, what you want to be. Um, but I did kind of have in the back. Well, you know, I've done well at uh, law A level. Um, I didn't necessarily, you know, want to study at the Greeks. I knew I could do the conversion course. I thought, you know, do something different, do the conversion course. Um, but yeah, by the time I got there, you know, I, I don't know, obviously things had, you know, changed for me kind of like mentally, um, yeah. you were to do that anymore. Um, I had some connections with, um, you know, Har- um, Harrogate museums and arts from my time, um, you know, studying archaeology. So, so I went there, um, and, and was there about 18 months, but as I say, I, you know, I probably hadn't intended to, to be there that long. Yeah. And, and certainly after, uh, you know, a few months there, it was very much, you know, applying for stuff, um, mm. you know, not been a very buoyant economy, um, not been a lot of stuff going. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I um, eventually applied for a, um, you know, recruitment job. And a part of the attraction was it was actually in Harrogate still. So I was like, well, yeah, you know, I, I've been commuting to Harrogate. I, I know the area. So niche in the respect that it was... Um, you know, it was healthcare related and, you know, I have family members that work in healthcare and I thought, okay, that, that sounds, you know, pretty interesting. Sure. I'd spoken to some people that have been, you know, generalists before and a bit more kind of high street It never really, um, appealed to me. Um, but, but this did, and it was a pretty, um, well-written advert and, um, yeah, I, uh, I, I went for it and went through, I think it was about three or four stages and this company were growing at the time as well and it would have been probably um december 2009 ish by this point and okay. didn't get it okay it went to someone with uh, with more experience at the time which felt a little bit um you know deflating and i thought right i'll never hear from from these guys again back to uh to, to the drawing board did you want the job what's that did you you did you want the job did you want to yeah, 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 yeah. I think, yeah, I did, I did at that stage, and um, uh, you know, but, uh, but um, you know, I, I didn't get it, and I thought I'm not going to hear from these guys again. And to be honest, I thought, well, you know, I've been looking for a few things, gone through an interview process. Um, I was getting married in May 2010, so when it, you know, when 2010 arrived, it wasn't really that long before then. So a lot of my conversion efforts were going into to that. Yeah, um, and literally the week before um, my wedding, I got a call and was uh, the operations manager from this company saying, um, you know, do you want to meet? We might have a vacancy. Um, so I literally met them in Harrogate at a pub 
um, the week before I was getting married and, you know, they offered me the job then and there. I accept Love that. Yeah. Um, handed my notes in and I, and I started, uh, yeah, um, about a, you know, a month or so after I got married. So awesome. my first job in recruitment. So, so you had to, uh, deal with a bit of rejection straight out of the gate before you even enter the, the world of recruitment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And genuine. But I suppose the nice thing about it as well is that, you know, a lot of people sometimes, you know, they, they hear, Oh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll definitely be in touch. Yeah. Uh, and, um, you know, they probably think, well, that that's, that, you know, never going to happen. Never happens. Um, mm-hmm. So it was a nice life lesson in that sense that, um, that it did happen. Okay, cool. So, just to sort of set the scene then and context for everyone. So then you worked to that business for, was it like four or five years? I think that's yeah, what I was about, yeah, yeah, about five yeah. years. Yeah, so, yeah. so obviously ended up working there for, considering it was your first recruitment job, a real long, long period, real solid yeah. stint. And then after that, you then um, started Menlo and your own recruitment business, Menlo Park, yeah? And that's Absolutely. Been, okay, cool. So pretty much over the decade, it's been your own business for half of it and some working for someone else for the first half. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. And I think, uh, you know, co- continuity, uh, you know, is absolutely kind of like key. I, I, you know, I, I don't get it sometimes where you see people, you know, bouncing from one, yeah. um, you know, company and even sometimes, you know, sectors to, to the, uh, to the next. Um, I don't get how you can, you know, build your skills, establish a network, um, you know, and all those types of things. So I suppose, and I'm, a, I'm quite a loyal person as well. Um, you know, I do get my, you know, I, I get my head down. Um, you know, I, I try and buy into things. I'm, you know, I'm a positive kind of, you know, person. Um, and I, and obviously that that uh, you know influenced me kind of like staying where I did as, as as well. But you know, I think it's important for anyone in, in recruitment to uh, you know find somewhere and you know and give it a good go. Uh, yeah, I think definitely. I think you def- recruitment is a game where you want you want to give it as long as possible to, mm-hmm. as you said, um, lo- yeah, build your network, build on your skills or whatever. It's not a job where you go there for six months and mm-hmm. like yeah, I'm like, okay, this isn't for me. On to the next recruitment job. Yeah. It's yeah. Um, okay. So those first five years then, did you, did you just follow the typical route of Andrew joined as a trainee consultant or a consultant and then sort of built your way up then to becoming the leader and manager team or how, what, yeah. was, the, what was yeah, the journey? The, essentially. Yeah. And I, I can remember, um, you know, you, you don't get paid a lot, um, you know, as a, you know, working in a museum. I mean, it's, it's you don't get what, sorry. You don't get paid a lot working in a museum. <laughs> okay. Yeah. really competitive so the salaries aren't, aren't much so um you know i, I didn't secure like a, a massive um you know increase in terms of the uh you know the salary that that's fair enough when i joined but you know the attraction was obviously uh you know the commission commission yeah commission scheme in hindsight but to me it was you know bloody amazing to have the opportunity to uh you know to, to earn more um but one of the things was you know i was i was, I was trying to negotiate um just just a little bit when i first uh, you know went in there and said well actually we'll, we'll, we'll put something into your contract and if you bill um you know x amount within um you know two months we'll, we'll give you this if you do this within six months we'll, we'll increase it to uh, to this yeah um, and and i went in and i think I, you know I, I triggered the maximum kind of like increase which was like a five uh, grand increase in salary within within three months uh, oh, wow. of, uh, of being there 
Um, and then after about um, you know six months of, of being there, I actually took responsibility for managing the uh, the division that I was really? in. Really, six months in. Yeah, so overseeing the uh, you know the, the consultants that were um, you know in, in that team. Um, How big was the business? It wasn't a massive business; it was growing. So when so I suppose I had responsibility for about you know three or four consultants. You know, some of which were you know there before I yeah, and a couple that we'd that we'd added. Um, and obviously, I was you know still you know well, still learning at that point myself. Um, you know, you look back and you think, crikey, yeah, that was actually quite quick. Um, but um, but yeah, I enjoyed that. I enjoy, you know it was completely different to uh, you know obviously the environment that I've been in previously. Yeah, it was fantastic that um, you know hard work uh, you know got got recognised in in you know by being able to kind of you uh, know, yeah yeah, yeah. Um, and decisions being made um, you know quicker. So. So what at the time, not knowing, you know, what I know now, you know, I just kind of like took as much on. Yeah, I was going to, I was going to say, so like, I guess what I'm interested in before we sort of move on to sort of, um, in your own business is like, why, why, why did Andrew Dean manage to do that? Cause I think a lot of, a lot of people want to be able to progress that quickly or want to be able to, yeah, hit those triggers as quickly as possible. So what, why did Andrew come from working in a museum never obviously worked in recruitment before and so why why you why why did you manage to get to that position why did you did, um, you think looking back yeah, i think for, just 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 hard work i think when you're you know when you're early on in in your career you know all you can do is get you know stuck in you know you don't have knowledge that competition have or the skills um however what you can control is how hard you work and the effort level that, that you put in um you know, and, and eventually, you know, you you can outlearn the uh, the competition because it's about outlearning, outworking, um, and outlasting the competition. So, you know, the, the first of those things you can do is is literally, uh, you know, work really hard. Um, mm. Harder you work, the more speak, you know, people you speak to, faster you learn. Um, and and by doing that, and by being, you know, successful, you can, uh, you know, eventually then, you know, outlast the competition and, and uh, you know, become a really, you know, fantastic, uh, you know, consultant. But it's it's about just getting kind of like stuck in, um, not being self defeatist um, in relation to uh, to new things, but just actually giving it a go. Um, because yeah, you know, in, in recruitment, you think a lot about the competition as you know, obviously the the next agency. Maybe even you know some some teammates sometimes if if there's a, you know good healthy uh, rivalry but you know a lot of the time you know your own competition is is you um, and your mindset and and I've seen a lot of new consultants just uh, defeat themselves or you know you can see them making an excuse not to pick up the uh, the phone yeah you've just got to get you know stuck in and and, and go for it um, did you and where did did you learn that from someone around you or was that just your mindset going into it Do you know what I mean where where did you um, cult, where did you did that happen quite naturally what where did you cultivate that was there anyone influencing that internally for you to um no i mean i, I think you know i, I always had I, I think it comes from you know from from within i'd always um i've always been pretty kind of you know disciplined you know when it came to uh you know school uh you know uh revision you know like my a level revision you know revision was insane and oh, i was i was the worst i was bad yeah that, that, that was because <laughs> you you're so right it was discipline that a level yeah, yeah. revision it was discipline definitely yeah 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 it's um yeah i think it just kind of like uh you know came from from within and and i suppose you know um where where i was you know i was i was kind of you know 25 by this point you know i actually wanted to 
you know, to do something. So I think yeah. as well, you know, not wanting to uh, to be average, but actually, you know, be really good and be recognised for, for good. Um, you know, and obviously that that comes with the billings, but, you know, it comes with the progression as well. So so I like that and I like being, um, you, know, I, you know, I like that, that status as well. Okay. So from six months onwards then, did you, did you continue to grow that team or what? Just give me a bit of context on that. So from that six yeah. months, what? So, 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 so I did, um, and, uh, yeah, continued with, uh, with, with that market for, um, yeah, it's hard looking back, you know, maybe another, um, you know, six months as well. Okay. Uh, and then in, in addition to that, um, set up, uh, you know, I had the chance to set up another division within the company as well. So, um, I set up a, a new division, um, and then was essentially, you know, um, overseeing the, the two, uh, the two different sectors. Okay. That was the next stage of, of progression. Um, and it went from being a consultant role to more of a kind of, you know, business manager type yeah. role. Um, so, uh, so yeah, wasn't, wasn't, wasn't doing as much kind of, you know, full on, um, you know, 360 consulting work, you know, um, mm you know, business development, um, more meetings, that, that type of thing. Yeah. And then, and then having the right people in place to help you support, deliver the roles and get them up to speed with the client stuff as well. Yeah. And I mean, the hours were, were great. It was, it was a very kind of, you know, they had very strange, um, hours. So the contracted hours, um, were 1130. Um, I think it was 11 or 1130 until 830 Monday to Thursday. Why? Um, because the, well, the idea was that uh, you know you'd, you'd speak to people after they finish, uh, you know, finish work. Um, so okay. and it, it was, you know, it was back then as well. I wasn't given the you know the flexibility or the technology technology to be flexible. So all of those conversations really did happen in the office. Um, yeah. Meant was that because you never got in for that time, and I was travelling from from your time as well. So you know you'd get in at um, you know ten. And, you know, from half five till half eight, you'd really be hammering the phones, you know, working shortlists and doing candidate registrations, et cetera. So you'd be in from, from 10, you'd, you know, pick up the phone to someone at 8.30 um, and, uh, and, and register them. And obviously you want to get the, the profile done and everything like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, half nine, 10, getting back to, to York, half, half 10, 11. So, you know, it's pretty kind of, you know, um, yeah, pretty, pretty intense. Um, and yeah, my, my kind of, you know, first child was, I suppose, you know, on, on the way in, in 2012. So moving to the business manager um, role also gave me um, a bit more flexibility. Flexibility, yeah. Um, you know, because I mean, you know, doing those kind of hours with, uh, with, with, a, with, a, with a baby. Yeah, that's tough. Kind of impossible. And it just, you know, I, you know, I think we might come on to that, but it was one of the, you know, one of the things that they perhaps weren't great um, for as a company in terms of, you know, flexibility or thinking around, of, you know, a situation or employee yeah. to make things more flexible. You know, we are talking 10 years ago, so the same technologies obviously didn't exist. Yeah. But um, yeah, you know, that, that nest, uh, necessitated. Um, okay. So had you always wanted to start your own business then? Um... I, I don't know. I'd always wanted to, um, I knew I'd always wanted to kind of like, you know, lead teams and that type of thing. Mm. Um, I'd never really, you know, especially you're on, I'd never really thought, yeah, I'm going to, you know, have my own, my own business. I don't think it was, yeah, certainly in my head, the first, you know, couple of years of, uh, yeah, of working for, uh, for my first company. Yeah. So 
where did the idea of Menlo Park recruitment come about then? How did that happen? So you start for context, you started with a business partner, one other person. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So, so how, how so did that happen? So, so basically, um, you know, I, um, I nearly left the, uh, the company I'd worked for in, in 2013. Yeah. You know, it, it got to a point I was like, mm, um, you know, I'm I'm not enjoying it anymore. Um, kind of reached a certain level. It, it, it's time for me to uh, to move on. And I did, you know, go interview um, somewhere else. I, I just, you know, I just had the one interview because I again, I targeted uh, a very kind of you know specific company somewhere that was actually going to be quite close to home as well. And then they were a decent company, and I got offered, and I got offered, you know, quite a substantial kind of um, uh, you know increase to uh, to go there. Um, maybe it wasn't the time because I, you know, obviously went back and explained that, you know, that I'd interviewed and um, I was going to be handing my notice in. Um, and like a lot of people do, um, you know, the better or worse accepted a counter offer. You did. Um, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Again, you know, not wanting to bad mouth, but it wasn't something that this company were great with. Um, and that's something that I've learned to, to be in our company. And, and what I mean by that is you kind of had to, you know, really push their hand into, um, you know, any increases to yeah. working conditions, you know, anything like that. It, what, it wasn't very proactively given. Sure. And proactively given. So basically they, you know, they uh, kind of, um, you know, uh, they gave me a counter offer. I accepted that. Um, you know, me as an individual, I was all, you know, I was also heading up a team at that point as well. So I think I was really kind of, um, you know, um, emotionally brought into uh, to other team members and things like that. Um, and, you know, if, if I hadn't have accepted the counter offer, I might not have been where I am now um, because my co, you know, I wouldn't have had as, as, as long working with my, my business partner. Um, okay. This partner came from, from the same company um, in the end. So yeah, it, if I, if I was staying as a consultant, then I should have gone, but in terms of my route, um, you know, it's led me to be where I am, where I am now. So I think after that point, when you account off, I think things are never the same. Yeah, it's just it's just a bit weird. It's a bit weird, and men- mentally for you, they're they're never the same because there are reasons you were moving in in the first. Instance. Yeah, they don't magically go away. You know, yeah. Up to that point, it's not a superficial. Um, it's not a superficial reason, and money's just a band aid. It doesn't. Yeah, it yeah, for sure. At all, so. So a lot of the, um, I think what happened really from from that, the last kind of like two years uh, with the company, those things, you know, began to uh, to, to manifest. Um, and I suppose as my experience was was increasing, um, you know, maybe I just got to the, the point where I was confident for, well, actually, um, you know, I, you know, I think I can, I think yeah, I can. Myself. Yeah, you know, I, I, you know, I've been working as a consultant now for at the time it was, you know, you're thinking like, yeah, that happened three years in. So by the time you get into, you know, four years and, and beyond, like yeah. yeah, you know, I've got a, you know, I've got a skill set now. I've learned certain things. Um, there are things that I could change if I had my own company, I'd be able to, uh, you know, to actually um, enact those things. And I suppose it was after that, that I, I started thinking about um, my own company. Okay, cool. So then what, what was, um, what was the game plan? Because I think, because I think, uh, I think that that's the part I always say it, but that's the part that I think people are most worried about. There might yeah. be some people that may get to that point and milestone where you got to, and never take the leap, never take the, yeah. the jump. Might be because they don't want to do it on their own, or just because they're most worried about that first year. 
and and what they can actually achieve so i guess yeah absolutely what what, what was the what was the game plan i think what what i've what i've noticed from looking at your business and company like you guys are clearly very proud of of the niche that you're in i know obviously the intro was healthcare recruitment brand but clearly you focused and, and had a niche on the types of people and businesses that you're going to work with yeah. so i guess what what was the game plan then to to start menlo park what did that look um, like yeah, well, it was, uh, you know, you've got to do your, you know, due diligence. You can't just one day decide you're going to do it and then and then leave because that would be a disaster. Yeah, you don't, you don't strike me as that person that would do that. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, you've got to, you know, really think about it, really, you know, so so one evening, um, you know, evenings and, and out of work became planning, right? So, so how, you know, it's basically writing your business plan. Yeah. Um, and... Um, making sure, you know, you can, um, you know, acquire the information, you know, you need, um, you know, what you're going to do in terms of, uh, um, you know, CRM systems, data, advertising, you know, technology. And luckily, you know, I had a family friend um, who was in IT that was kind of, you know, with us, um, you know, right from the very beginning. There was a massive help um, because I think in, in terms of how, embryonic we work it, was, it would have been impossible to go to an IT company um, because it had just been too expensive um, a regular IT company but working with someone like this as well he was also um, you, you know much younger than me actually um, it was just like really exciting and he you know he felt actually you know part of the team wait what was this for sorry was this to what, what this was, is, this the, was the, the IT and tech side of things so oh, okay I think sometimes that's where you feel most vulnerable because if yeah you know that um, if you don't know you know IT, or you're not very proficient beyond obviously using a laptop and whatever for, uh, for, for work, you can feel quite vulnerable. Um, you know, and technology is obviously a recruiter's friend. So, um, you know, um, having, having him from, from the start was, was really important. So, so really we had, you know, all the ingredients, um, that we knew, right. Okay. When we start on day one, you know, we, we, we can do this and start running it as a mini business. And, and we're all, and again, that, that, word discipline we had that right from the very beginning as well like we, we gave ourselves holiday allowances and hours of work um you know right from the very beginning even though we were working from my uh, business partner's um you know flat <laughs> nice. from his flat in in leeds because uh you know literally as, as i started this as well you know i had a, a three-year-old and a newborn baby so it was wow. a time to was that was that, that a big, was that was that a big part of it like the the sort of I don't know if there was a tipping point or because I, I think um, I said it to you on the phone before we did this. I've heard you hear it a lot that a lot of people have that sort of internal dialogue of like, right, Andrew, if I'm going to do this, yeah. I'm probably not going to be able to. There's not going to be another time I'm be able to do this if I don't do it now. Yeah. When you're having another child and you bring another life into your family. Yeah, I think a lot of person people maybe wouldn't have um, done it at that time uh, <laughs> from when they had a brand new and and my my wife had reduced her hours at work as well. She she's a teacher, um, so in some ways it was not a great time to uh, to, to do it because it involved a lot of risk. You know, um, you know, we even kind of went out and petitioned a small business loan. We've never had any funding or any external funding other than this small business loan that that I had. You know, personally. Um, and a lot of, you know, part of that business loan was obviously, uh, you know, some of the equipment, um, but a little bit of uh, you know, salary as well. Yeah. We going, you know, literally with, with nothing. I didn't have, um, you know, savings and things like that to, uh, to fall back on at the time. Um, so it was uh, a big risk to, uh, to do it when we did, but, but there was obviously preparation that, that went into it as well. But 
you know, in terms of mindset, there was, I, I never remember, you know, feeling, um, oh my gosh, you know, this is, what, what am I doing? This, this isn't going to work. Because I think, we, you know, just if it was really exciting. I work quite well under pressure, which is why even recently it's been I found quite exciting in, in a weird way. Um, you know, just everyone getting like mucked in and it was, it was a very exciting time. You know, it, it felt like you against the, the rest of the, yeah. the against the, this, uh, you know, company at the time that weren't being too kind to us. Um, you know, I suppose it's understandable to a certain extent, but um, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was just exciting and yeah, just kind of like, just, just, just went with it really and didn't overthink it. And uh, yeah, literally got on the phones, you know, we just had a couple of laptops, a couple of phones, you know, started making calls, you know, we literally didn't have a, you know, an active database. So lots of headhunting of people. And it's did, really- did you have to, what was the crack with the covenants and stuff like that? Did you, was the plan to build out a new market or have a well, new there was Well, no, there was, um, you know, we were going into a market that my uh, colleague, was, I, I'd never worked in it, but my colleague was uh, familiar with. Um, but basically, you know, without going into any kind of like, yeah. was, um, you know, we, we felt that, they'd, you know, there'd been a, breach of contract and therefore um you know certain restrictive covenants didn't apply in terms of being able to actually you Fair know, enough what you know what we did and um, however we did have to be very careful you know in the uh, um you know the first year obviously we didn't take any information with us yeah yeah of course later um we didn't work with any clients that were that, uh, or anything like that so we were starting absolutely from uh, scratch uh, from from scratch yeah absolutely yeah. So, so, so okay cool so how how did that first year go then? Did it go as sort of in line with the business plan? Because I think, did, did it help then that you, I'm assuming you going through that process of the loan meant that you had to, had to have a pretty, had to have a pretty decent business plan to showcase and talk about what your plans were or whatever. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Yeah, it was the local kind of like leads. Um, I think. <laughs> and um, they they literally kind of like, they wanted to know your household budget to, to literally how much milk you uh, Wow per week so because i don't think many people would go to that length when no did you get what i mean so i think that's interesting so so yeah you had to go into the details just to to go through that process so there were certain processes we had to kind of like you know go through very early on um and i suppose you know helped um and got you thinking about you know uh you know budgets and things like that um but, uh, but yeah, it was, it was definitely kind of eye opening, but again, you know, it was a new chapter as well. So all of these things were, were also new. So it was, so it was exciting. Yeah. Fine, yeah. You know, it was, it was all, um, it was all fresh. So how did you end first year then? Was it just still you and your business partner in this flat or what was the. Yeah. Well, um, then, so we, we were kind of like getting going, um, you know, in the, uh, the latter half of, um, you know, what would have been 2015, um, if I remember, yeah, 2015. Um, and actually, we'd, we'd, we'd earn enough where we felt we could move into offices by February. Okay. Um, so, you know, not not that long after, really. You know, four, four months, you know, we were in offices. Um, you know, small small office, obviously. Um, and, yeah, that, that the first of many in that particular building. We've had, um, I think, six office moves now within, okay. within the same location. But, you know, it's been flexible enough for us to yeah, move sure. um, as, as, we've, uh, as we've expanded. So yeah, we were literally, uh, you know, during that um, first year up until the, so I mean, even after that, we were only in that office for um, maybe like four or five months before we went to a bigger office uh, where we were kind of bringing on some some temp staff to uh, to help with some projects. Um, 
and that, and that was really when we hired our first person. We brought a you know a couple of attempts in to help with uh, you know t- take some some work off our hands, and you know one of the uh, the attempts um, became a full time member of staff. Our first um, you go down the temple. Um, yeah, the, the t- yeah, it was just obviously you know flexible for us rather than yeah, like on um, you know um, so, yeah, because it, it was more kind of like projecty work anyway. We didn't need a consult. We just needed you know some hand uh, some uh, so like sourcing and doing the legwork on things yeah. like that. Yeah, Fair yeah, absolutely. Smart, um, smart, smart way of doing it, isn't it? Instead of yeah, yeah, that that, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, we went we went through an agency, and, and these people are obviously uh, you know a lot of them are you know university students who are kind of like in between things. Um, it worked out for uh, for both parties but yeah one of the chaps we uh, we took on um literally was uh, finishing his, his a levels and wanted to, to get into uh, to recruitment weirdly so maybe there are actually some people that choose to go into recruitment. <laughs> but uh but yeah he he started as um as admin for us so uh, yeah in in the summer of uh, 2016 um and that was our first permanent member of of staff and by that point yeah we're in our um, our second office. Okay, cool. So then, um, just to help me out as well, and is it is it all perm that you do, or is it per man contract or the? Yeah, in, in terms of primary care, yeah, to to date, that is all all permanent work that we. Perm. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay, cool. So then, I guess, um, ju- just to help me out, then. So I guess, so how well did you do against your plan then? So like revenue wise, whatever. Like how did you actually do in your first year? Because it seems from the way you're talking about it, blah blah blah, it was, you're clearly someone that had the mindset to the rise of the occasion you ex- you thrived you, it was exciting you had a, you had a real strategy to know exactly how much you're going to be spending on what but i guess how how yeah how did you finish that first year well you know the, the first year I, I suppose anything was going to be a bonus but for for two of us um you know we uh, we did just shy of uh, 400k um yeah. so that's awesome just you two in an office in Leeds, yeah right? yeah and i mean you know did, the- you, did you expect that did you did you really did you really think you know what we i don't know if you had those numbers before or whatever but like do you know what i mean did you think that was possible no um i don't <laughs> think i did really i mean it was um again it was such an unknown obviously you know we, we had certain shackles on us within that that first year um uh but uh, but yeah you know my business partner's you know probably the best recruitment consultant i've ever seen and you know uh, remains a you know a, a 360 con- Plus, you know, his director duties to uh, you know, to this day. So it's a, you know massively helped having someone that was uh, you know absolutely fantastic. Um, and, and you know, I I had actually come back to because I'd not been consulting. Yeah, yeah. So I was coming back to it. So so for me, it was that double, new sector and uh, you know three hundred and sixty consulting again. So uh, um, but but yeah, you know, obviously I had the uh, you know the support of, of someone else, and that was you know crucial you know during that first year. I can't imagine people doing it on their own. It must be yeah. um, really really tough. But uh, but yeah, having someone like like him, um, you know, was 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 great. And you know, we had that element of it. But yeah, I started to to do stuff that I didn't get a chance to do. Um, you know, when I was working for this other company, um, yeah. there weren't things like lunch breaks. But you know, started to go out for the odd run on a lunch break. <laughs> so there was just there were just nice things creeping in like that and that, that camaraderie and just, you know, starting to get a bit of a, you know, get a bit of exercise during the middle of the day and, and things like that. So, so yeah, the first year was yeah, really exciting and um, uh, yeah. And, and it just seemed like anything was, was a bonus. It seemed like, you know, just being able to still be doing it was a bonus. Yeah. That's awesome. So you, you just had a really wrong. good, really good perspective, grateful and just really yeah. 
Yeah, that's awesome. Um, yeah, because anything could have anything could have gone wrong. We we could have been stopped from doing it. It could have just fallen yeah. flat, and then it would have been like, oh my gosh, right? You know, what do we do? What so what what happened that you didn't plan for or you didn't expect in that first year? Before we move on to the anything that any challenges or anything that sort of happened that wasn't quite in the business plan that you had to overcome or had to deal with. Um, <laughs> it's yeah, it's hard to think back uh, that far um, and really think what what didn't happen because a lot of it, you know, have your kind of start, but you just kind of it's quite organic and you just yeah get the flow to a, a certain extent and just you know grinding it out. Um, so I suppose it, yeah, it went you know the only thing it, it just it just went quicker than than I thought it it, it would do. Um, yeah, yeah, but you know the the, the thing that what was the hardest thing was it would you did feel that you were kind of that something could happen that you could be stopped or something so you were operating under a you know a shadow um and at the time you maybe don't you know realize it but you are i think you are quite stressed yeah doing that um so so yeah that that's probably something that you know i didn't think about just how 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 long it would kind of you know you know feel because it did you know First year, we really wanted to get to that first year, get that under our belt, um, and and not be under the same kind of you know restrictions, um, you know, uh, that, that we that we had been. Um, so, it was something that uh, you know you perhaps don't think about when when you go and go and start it because you're then having to you know live it every day. Sure. Um. So so yeah, that's what I'd say. So so I guess final point then. So for people listening that want to take that leap, not sure. I guess what knowing what you know now what what would you say to people that are saying would be talking to you andrew i'm thinking about starting my own recruitment business business blah 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 like knowing what you know now what yeah what would you say to these people um you know you've you've got to be you've got to be prepared you know there, there has to be some you know semblance of, of a plan um and i think at the time when we started um you know the uh, you know the, the within our particular sector you know primary care um it was still it was still quite new as a market um, in terms of permanent recruitment. And, and when it was new as a market, you know, just, just surgery has not been used to it. So there was still, you know, there was still a niche, there was still a gap there for someone like us to, to exist. So I think you've got to, you know, if, if you want to be, uh, you know, successful, you've got to, um, you know, choose something that where there is demand for it, yeah, where you believe in it, where you can sell, uh, sell your services you know, make sure you've got a plan um, and just be as, as disciplined as, as, as you can. Um, so like I said, you know, earlier, we, you know, even though, we were, you know, we're working from a flat, we had, um, you know, structure right from the very off, you know, we had working hours. You yeah, know, so you had, you had, you had the, I think this has come up a lot. It's like you, you had, you and your business partner had the mindset of like, have yeah. things in place now rather than when we get into yeah. the office we'll have hours and yeah, do it. yeah absolutely yeah absolutely so essentially we were operating like a business even though we weren't a business yeah with a couple of laptops and phones um but yeah right from the very beginning we were operating like uh yeah like a like a business yeah yeah and, and i think that that yeah i think that that mindset time and time again i hear that and i think that's the it's it's, it's it's the better way to approach it rather than oh when we get when we move out of here we'll do this and we'll start doing yeah. this but it enables you then to i'd like to it's habits it. isn't it yeah habits yeah. and also yeah yeah it helps so okay cool so i guess um so then what after that first year then hit that milestone what what was the when did you start hiring people like what was the the growth plan 
for the the business then like i'm assuming yeah. had you and your business partner always thought this is never going to be just me and you in in the flat obviously we've got the office like what was the did you then have a growth strategy for the business well again that was that was quite organic so the okay. was the the summer of 2016 with um you know the, the admin person um and then i suppose you know we're getting to the point where it's like well, yeah we, we've got a lot of we've, we've got a lot of business on um and um you know, we, we could, you know, we covering more ground here. Um, but, uh, but yeah, one of the first things we did, we were obviously just recruiting GPs at the time. Um, and we knew there was obviously a market for allied health as well. So, um, you know, advanced nurse practitioners, um, practice nurses, medical pharmacists, etc. So, so that was something that we weren't doing. So we thought, yeah, if we bring someone in to focus on that, we're obviously uh, then, um, you know, mopping up some business that we're just not um, looking at. Yeah, not looking at, yeah. Those things that we did um, strategically. And then the, I suppose the second um, hire after that came on that side of things as well to add an additional team member to uh, to Allied Health. Again, giving us, you know, more coverage and being able to split the geography um, so that we're able to kind of, you know, drill, drill deeper um, and extract more revenue from the sector. Okay. How did you get these people to join you? Because what it's you free in the well, office in Leeds? Yeah, well, very very early on, um, we relied on people that we had once known. Um, okay, fair enough. That had gone and you know done done different things, so they were working with with different companies now, um, and uh, that we'd stayed in touch with. So so very early on, I suppose that that was the easiest thing to uh, to do um, in the sense that there was you know some some trust there. Yeah. So the risk element was was less to uh, to a certain extent, uh, especially seeing as we knew that we could you know theoretically work with them and that we uh, um, and that we had done so uh, you know once upon a time. So so they were the yeah the the first kind of hire that allowed us to um, yeah bring in some additional team members. Okay, cool. And then I guess what I'm always keen to sort of um, speak to people about and ask is one of the most common things that people want to know about is I guess like how when did you start breaking because what what the questions that I get a lot is um Hisham I'd love you to sort of speak to to business owners on how they push past that sort of 10 head mark or that 15 head mark milestone because I think that that I mean 80% of the UK recruitment industry is sub 10 staff in terms of recruitment business size I think it's really common where recruitment businesses will get around that sort of 10 or 12 head mark and then they'll hire someone and they'll and then someone will leave and they always sort of fluctuate between that I guess understand early on use your network your resources it's been organic but I guess how did you then go about because I'm sure your business then looks quite different when you're pushing past 15 heads like yeah how did did that all plan out and sort of learnings there I guess the the next stage um yeah was was Started, we'd had some of that obviously with the, with attempts um but the next stage really on the perm side of things yeah we were then taking that leap into uh, to making hires where we simply didn't know um the uh, the people um so again you've just got to be organized and have a robust process um you know you are kind of like hiring but you you want to be uh, you know um you want to be formal with it and make sure that you're trying to get it right first time of asking and i think what I've been able to do and, and, the re- and basically I've got a hundred percent success rate so far of um, every interview um, that we've had um, and where we've, where we've wanted to offer, we've got a hundred percent acceptance on that. Really? Yeah. Um, in, in five years. So I think I'm really good at actually selling, selling what we do and, and <laughs> as well. Uh, um, 
What what is your process though? Because I think that that's a learning for a lot of people. Where when you're at yeah. a smaller size, it's it's clearly you're someone that didn't you've had that mindset from the day one of working in the flat. Mm-hmm. You have lunch hours, blah blah blah. But I think that's where some people fall short as well. Is where they don't have that process. It's more of right, yeah. Andrew. Let's go to the pub. Let's yeah. have a chat. Blah blah blah. So what yeah. what did your process look like from from well, the get-go? our early process, which is a bit more developed now? For example, now you know psychometric testing but, it, but it's, it's not something we we're doing back then was was simple so um a, you know a structured telephone um into because for, for, we'd advertise you know some roles so so for someone that's actually applying to an advert you, you obviously go through a few more stages so sure. first initial stage would have been a telephone um uh, interview essentially with with the person if that went well meeting them um face to face um if the face to face went well um, giving them an insight day, you know, not the full day, but the chance to actually come into the office, you know, sample the, uh, you know, the atmosphere, you know, see the CRM system, get to grips with a few things, um, and and from their offering. Um, okay. Uh, and would, would how many people would they meet? Depends on how big we were at that stage, but sure, have- but but it would be you, your business partner, and other people would it be just you two yeah yeah well, um yeah once we got to the uh to the inside day would give them a chance to actually go for a coffee with the people you know with, yeah nice. uh, it's always weird where um you know the uh, the boss invites a couple of people to to meet them but they're still then there yeah 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 <laughs> and see them being very kind of uh, you know self self-aware so basically just giving them the chance to, you know go off have a have a coffee and ask any kind of questions in a more neutral environment because you know, that's the thing about interview processes. They are you know, very, very artificial for, uh, you know, you can, you can do what you want, but someone is very aware that they are being, um, you know, interviewed um, and therefore you're never going to get um, the, the full facts. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, just giving the opportunity because then you get the, you know, the peer feedback from, uh, you know, from your existing team members as well. And it's important for your, again, your, your existing team members to, to buy into. Uh, yeah, especially when you're a smaller grown business like that. It's so important, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, because it, it can, yeah, because it, it can be weird, you know, when when you're starting something like very small and then you're adding peak, you know, because I've been in that situation before, it, it's weird yeah. to grow. Um, it is. It does feel a bit strange. So getting them involved in in the process. Involved, yeah. When was, when did you start? When did you start introducing the psychometric test? Because again, I think it's come up a lot, but how yeah, again i think again having that mindset of oh we're a small business we don't need to do yeah. that it's the big corporates to do that and yeah. more and more it's coming up but like how has that impacted your process has that really helped you to make better decisions as well yeah to be honest that's only been um you know this this last year um mm. and it's not something that we use to rule someone in or out it's more of um an thing uh well what it, what it does with, with the uh, um the, one of the really good things it does is um it gives you some specific questions to ask at a face-to-face interview based on that person's personality type. Really? Yeah, which is uh, which is good. So, so interesting. To, to come in from. So I think that's one of the most beneficial um, things it, it does for us. And the other is it, if you understand the person a little bit more um, from the beginning of the process, you can onboard them more effectively based on personality type as well. And maybe you know if they are struggling in certain areas related back to uh, to that um yeah. and based on their best method of learning and, and that type of thing so um yeah, it's it's probably something that i'd have introduced um you know earlier if i'd have known a bit more about it but it, it is you know pretty expensive at the uh, at the same time but yeah it's um i think it's definitely a good thing to uh, to do and what we'd also done as well is is um give it to a couple of our existing you know high performers just to understand them them yeah 
what, what kind of reports are they getting back and can we identify that in, in other when they come in to interview with us? Yeah. And then I think just a final um, point uh, just before we sort of, I, I really want to sort of talk to you a bit about sort of today and sort of what you've been up to, I guess, uh, just on the hiring um, piece, because again, it seems like you really approached it in a um, smart way is how, what was your mentality of growing this business? Was it always, were it always hiring or did you become quite um, good at sort of recognizing hiring triggers in your business? So did you, did you wait until people got to a certain point before you started looking at getting more people in or like what, what was the mentality to help you? Do you get what I mean? What was your mindset yeah. to um, on the consultant side of things? I think it was um, obviously it's quite time consuming to, to bring someone in. So there's a period do you have when you can when you're a smaller business where, you know, we've been very kind of like hands-on and I've, I've been you know, hands-on in particular in terms of on, onboarding and wanting to give them a lot of attention um, as a, as a so um, you know, not spreading yourself too thin, actually getting them up and running um, and semi-established before perhaps, you know, taking on someone else, or, you know, someone else um, and gradually giving, you know, geographical territory away because one of the things, you know, it's no good just going right. And, and that's one of the things that we've changed actually um, because it, it, in my previous experience, um, when new came in, they were basically, there's your geographical kind of like territory. Here's, here's how you be a 360 consultant, both client and candidate at the same time. And, you know, here's some training, but, but there you go. Yeah. That's really overwhelming for, uh, for new starters. If, if they receive like literally, um, you know, 20, 30, sometimes more vacancies in, in one go, clients that they've never spoken to and start approaching from uh, the mentality that I've got to go fill jobs. And there's two things wrong with that. It gets you really kind of like job-centric. And, um, you know, secondly, it, um, it also is, is intimidating for, uh, uh, you know, the new person because there's that, you know, there's that pressure. And you as your business then, you, you, you're going to use revenue if you hand over these vacancies that, that you, you know, too soon, that, that would have oh. been a more experienced consultant. We actually changed, um, you know, our process to uh, making it more candidate-led and actually, um, you know, when someone new comes on board, we'll start very much on the candidate side of things first and candidate networking, not um, you know, not even discussing jobs. So here, here is your, you know, geo zone broken up into uh, to different sections. You know, we'll begin by uh, making candidate calls within, you know, this part of your, your network. So you're just having open conversations with them about, you know, what we do, understanding their requirements, um, registering them, and then actually taking that candidate to market because it gets them, um, you know, thinking in, um, you know, in a completely different way. Um, you know, they're not just going, Oh, I've got a job. Here's a job. I'm ramming a, a job down, you know, people's rights. Yeah. They're just having a conversation and actually understanding things from, from their perspective. So rather than, you know, thinking, um, you know, it's a bit more freedom then to actually learn from these people. But yeah, it's a bit more, very, yeah. Yeah. It can be very linear and just, you know, prescriptive if you're just going in with a job. Yeah. Like, if you, if you got those, yeah, hundred percent, I think, cause I, that's how I, my, um, boss did it we did candidates etc but i think i think you're right that's really interesting actually that if you haven't got a job in mind at all and you're calling these people just 
because you need to be curious. You need to learn about yeah. it. Blah, blah, blah. There is way. Yeah, you're you're right. You're not thinking in your head. Right? Are they good for this job? Are they good for that job? Which gives a, you a bit more freedom to just really yeah. dig deep into Absolutely. understanding your market, which which Definitely. is really important. And then once you've got you know um, some candidates, you can take them to market and do the four candidate marketing. Yeah. And then you can learn that element of it. So how you um, you know market a, a candidate. And then when you bring a job on from that, um, it gives you the opportunity to actually take that that job on. So you understand it way better than if you just inherited a job. Um, and then you can learn the job side of the process. So it's then broken down to uh, several different stages, which makes it less overwhelming um, for for the consultant. Because we we did um, after our initial couple of hires, we did you know hand, um, hire people that had never been in recruitment before. Sure. So we were literally um, you know. T- them how to be a consultant um from from the very beginning okay cool interesting so i guess let, let's talk about today then andrew i guess probably people listening will think oh he, he's fine he's in the healthcare uh, industry they they must be uh, doing really well right now but i guess yeah. what why don't we just sort of set the scene i guess what mm-hmm. how what what have you been thinking about over the last six to eight weeks on what's going on right now and what have been some of the sort of decisions that you've had to make to, to yeah. help Menlo Park move forward? Well, it's, it's not as simple as that um, because we, we get the, uh, you know, the perception in, in the press that everywhere is just absolutely kind of, you know, rammed uh, yeah. and uh, you know, um, you, you've obviously got the uh, the photos of people sleeping on wards and stuff like that, which, which obviously is going on in those wards related to, um, you know the uh, the current crisis, but actually with GP surgeries, the opposite is people staying away, aren't they? They are quiet. You know, patients yeah. have been um, stopped from going to uh, to GP surgeries. Um, so actually, um, you know, you had something two prong. Well, you've had something um, two pronged going on. Um, first of all, for decision makers within practices, there was a lot of um, you know obviously having to prepare and respond to government advice. So they just weren't there to uh, speak with, and they were busy trying to implement, um, you know, these changes that need to happen within. Um, but secondly, um, with, with increased tech, there, you know, some surgeries are saying, well, you know, this is going to solve all of our issues going forwards. And actually that vacancy we did have, we might not need now. Uh-huh. Realising that, you know, we, we maybe don't have the capacity issue that we, uh, that we first, um, you know, thought that we, that we did have. So it's um, that, that's not been the case every but the, but we have had an impact from that. So it's definitely not plain sailing in in terms of um, our sector. And we, you know, and, and the KPIs or you know critical metrics, whatever you want to call them, you know, did fall off a cliff when lockdown occurred. Again, for logistical reasons, because um, I mean that would have happened for everyone. If you can't interview people, it is it is going to, uh, to to clog things up. But in particular, things like the number of terms of business that people are sending out really was was massively um impacted yeah well so yeah we we definitely have felt the impacts of um you know corona and uh, coronavirus on um you know on our sector as well however you know what i would say thankfully is that you know it hasn't um obviously you know completely died away like some sectors and over the last few weeks three or four weeks in particular you know, each week we have seen an impact to pick up a bit in the year in the KPIs, um, you know, in, in key areas like you know, terms of business, um, interests, first interviews, um, etc. So we have started to see, um, you know, a bit of a recovery after the initial shock of what was going on. 
Has um has uh, I'm sure again it will cha- it's like ever changing at the moment or whatever. But just as you're talking about it, what have been the sort of key metrics you've been looking at to to I guess what I'm trying to ask you is that as a business owner right now, people are may may never have worked from home and they're having to manage their business and team remotely. I guess what from your perspective, what have been the the key metrics and things you're looking at from afar that give yeah. you real confidence in everyone's sort of doing everything they can, they've been as productive as they can. But I guess what, what key metrics are you looking at um, that help yeah. you understand where the business is at and what's going on? Yeah, well, the first point I'd make is that, um, you know, we don't use the metrics to kind of like bash people. Over. Sure. So, for example, we do have, you know, a call system where we can see exactly, you know, what calls have been made. And, yeah. Um, you know, length of call times, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So that, that's, that's an indicator of, you know, what's going on, how people are doing, lengths of conversation that they're having versus yeah. units of, of call, just to see, are people actually talking to people? Um, and then it has been, you know, key things like, you know, terms of business, are practices engaging in conversations relating to vacancies, interests, candidates, are they engaging in, you know, job opportunities? And, and largely they, they have been. That, that's one thing that has kind of remained steady-ish throughout. I mean, it, it dipped and, and it has been you know, increasing, but like literally last week was um, the, the second highest interest week on record that, that we've ever, you know, that we've, that we've had since we started wow. recording the stats in that, that particular way. So that's definitely bounced back quicker than, um, you know, the uh, the client side of things. However, we, we need, you know, we're getting to the point now where we need fresh vacancies on. That's going to be the, uh, you know, the challenge. challenge yeah. So yeah, the, the key things are that and, uh, you know, Obviously, the interviews, um, the surgeries have been having to make use of, of tech. Um, and we have actually had instances of um, processes. So, you know, um, actually occurring within the coronavirus, within lockdown, from actually that first submission to accepting an offer. Awesome. Virtually. Um, and, you know, historically, a lot of GP surgeries haven't been, uh, uh, you know, Subtakers of tech, <laughs> shall we say? I mean, I mean, I always, whenever I visualize a GP, I think of the doctor where I grew up and had yeah. the oldest computer ever, had paper <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Until honestly, until recently, we're still getting asked to, you know, fax things. Through. Oh my god, we've that's never crazy. had a fax machine. We literally can't. Uh, <laughs> um, and we've seen some some improvement there, but but certainly, um, you know, we're, we're in processes, you know over skype um or you know yeah. or whatever um just just was just it just wasn't done so um but obviously the nhs has, has really you know started to uh, to embrace that so i think just have realized that they need to uh, uh to do that um you know going forwards um and uh you know and that has resulted in processes being able to uh you know to, to carry on cool and then i guess like how why why have you made the decision to because i think obviously as this early on from a recruitment industry standpoint you may or may not have noticed it or seen it a lot of businesses even making a lot of redundancies or putting huge amounts of their staff on furlough and obviously you, you've made hires during this period um for your business i guess why why and how have you done that what's the sort of mindset towards that because i think a lot of people won't be having that mindset to, towards um add, adding um more people to their business like what why have you why have you approached it like that <laughs> yeah it was um i suppose it's just taking um 
it was taking advantage of some of the opportunities that the current climate has also um, you know, presented as well. Um, oh, I've got someone knocking on my window. Uh, <laughs> just, uh, just two seconds. Yeah, no, no worries. Uh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, no stress, okay? Yeah. All good. that no worries yeah so you were saying obviously you, you taking the opportunity to uh, with the current climate in terms of bringing people up bringing people yeah up. i mean i i have um i've had more time you know working from from home yeah um you know in in the office it's, it's open plan um people have a lot of um you know access to us um so you can get pulled into to many different sure, things sure. to the the day even if you have your own uh you know plan so uh yeah, working from home has allowed me to have, I suppose, more kind of focus and more time to uh, spend on this. And, um, you know, I suppose for, for some, you know, for some others as well, you know, for, for people out there, it's, it's maybe got them thinking about, you know, where they are and, and what they're doing as well. And perhaps them actually having a, you know, a bit more time to, uh, to consider these things. So it's been a kind of a blend of, of those two things um, occurring and we always wanted to add sectors in in 2020 you know health tech was also you know was always an aim of mine for uh, for this year yeah. but we're adding a, another couple of sectors that we just you know weren't on the cards you know honestly they, they, they weren't on the cards but you know been introduced to um you know a couple of people that were you know fantastic people that i saw a lot of you know potential and went through a, again a virtual process with them so i've never met these people face to face um, how but, was that because I think a lot of people are would think would they actually accept an offer I remember I had yeah. a had someone just message me who's listening to podcasts or whatever and unfortunately he got made redundant and he's had a couple of interviews but he said to me it was quite experienced recruiters like he doesn't feel comfortable accepting any offer until he's actually met these people in person right, okay. which, I sort of, which I sort of get but I guess yeah. how did you find that and obviously people have started and accepted jobs with you guys but like what yeah. was that actually like and what have, what's the feedback been from people then that have actually started? Yeah. Um, yeah. For, for, yeah, for me, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't an issue. And I think, again, you know, you just got to, um, you know, go with, with with what you can do and make the best of a, of a situation. So, sure. you know, we have got, you know, um, video technology, so we can see someone, you know, the other end of, uh, um, you know, of, of the computer screen and, you um, and again, we were able to go through a you know a decent process. So you know, we maybe added a, a few extra kind of like things in there. So you know, gave them some specific questions to complete, almost like a mini you know business plan, nice. metric, um, you know, testing. And at the end of the day, I think it's one of those things. You know, if, if I recognise you know someone is is really good, I, I just wouldn't want to you know to miss out on them. Yeah. We, you know, even over uh, you know video, um, you can sell the company you know well. Um, and yeah, with, with the people that have you know that we have hired, we, we clicked and we were able to do that over. Um, what what know. so what was their first week like then remotely? What did that what did their first week look like? Um, oh, they, they've all looked slightly different because um, you know with uh, you know with, with care, it's, it's been you know about acquiring you know a database, um, you know, a, you, know for, uh, you know business database, and importing that onto a CRM system so that you know they've got that to do. 
Um, the, one of the biggest headaches I've had is, you know, redesigning the uh, the website because it's it's been primary care up until now, but now I've got to turn it into a, you know, okay, a brand, yeah. Um, and the website we only, you know, had done, uh, you know, recently. That was a big challenge. So the first week has been, we use, um, we use teams. So, uh, so yeah, you know, I make sure that I'm touching base with them, you know, throughout the course of the day. You know, you can screen share in terms of, you know, processes and things like that as well. Um, and, uh, you know, I use, um, I use Asana. Um, oh, nice. So, um, you, you can obviously have your, your lists on there, you know, share that with the individual and update it in, in real time. So just been using, you know, technology um, to, uh, to make the, the first weeks as, uh, as smooth as possible. So we entered um, those weeks with, with a to-do list. And obviously when nice. like starting, uh, you know, new, there's, there's loads just like admin stuff to, yeah. to, to get right. And uh, um, so there was a lot of that, that going on in, in week one. So I guess anyone, anyone that's super worried about that, I guess it doesn't sound as difficult as maybe some people perceive. There might be some challenges and bumps along the way, but yeah, possible. Depends <laughs> who they've spoken to, because uh, yeah. yeah, you know, they obviously felt comfortable, um, you know, accepting jobs. Yeah, um, but uh, you know, there might be some people that you speak to, uh, you know, um, on, over video that, uh, that you don't. So I suppose it depends on the situation, how much you're for the opportunity and, and whether you want to let something pass because if, if you want it you know enough and you really bought into it then you know you'll, you'll make it happen in in the current um climate and then obviously if you don't and if you're a bit more cautious then then, then you won't and, and sure. then it's really whether you've actually passed up something that's, that's really good but i think you've you know where possible you've just sometimes you just got to go for uh, for these things and, yeah you know i'm keen on surrounding myself with you know really really people i want to work with and that's definitely our mantra and um yeah i, I identified that in, in those that we you know virtually virtually met and <laughs> awesome. get comfortable progressing with them so so i guess as we sort of come to the end of this i guess from what what are you thinking about sort of the the long-term effects can be of this current period maybe on you mm-hmm. as a recruitment business owner yeah. the, the industry what what are the things that are coming up for you that you think could be interesting or impact the, the yeah. industry um, um well yeah one, one of the cool things to come out of this is um you know the, just the camaraderie that's gone within you know uh, that's happened within the industry within within recruitment because yeah you know, sometimes i think it can be really insular but one thing it's taught me is that a lot of people out there in different recruitment businesses that, that want to help each other for sure um, and i've not really experienced that um you know a lot have you uh, never had you never sort of just organically naturally seeked help or asked for advice? I guess because it is you two. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. No. No. I mean, we, we work with enough. like um, work with trainers. So we we work yeah. with a fantastic trainer. Um, you know, from the British Institute of, uh, of Recruiters. Um, so we have their their knowledge and their expertise of obviously working with you know loads of different um, you know recruitment businesses, um, and. Um, so, so it's not like we're we're completely um, installed yeah, sure. on on other things that are going on. But in terms of actually speaking directly with other recruitment businesses, that's definitely something that I, you know, I didn't really do um, mm. just because I don't know a lot of them. <laughs> so, so I think that that's really cool. I don't think everyone's you know suddenly going to start working together, um, but you know, there's definitely um, you know support and a a community um, you know out there for recruiters, and I think. Um, yeah, that, that, that's been really good. And I think, um, yeah, just also, um, 
you know, publicizing what, what we do as recruiters is, is really kind of, you know, worthwhile and valuable and actually we do do a really great job. Those yeah, for sure. continuing to, uh, to keep going um, and, you know, that haven't furloughed. I mean, obviously some that have had to uh, furlough staff, but, you know, people just grinding it out and really acting, um, you know, in the best way possible and, and working hard and, you know, trying to keep the economy going in, in, a, in a really kind of like tough time. So, you know, in terms of what's going to happen, obviously there's going to be, uh, you know, more you know tech um you know going on I mean that that's not going to go away in terms of processes but also impacting on on people's um jobs as well so for I, at the moment i honestly can't say how that is going to um on primary care and whether it is going to go a long way to addressing the the shortage of, of gps that there have been over the last x number of years within um primary care so you know, it, it, it could, you know, impact us. It could, it could take away business, you know, potentially. Yeah. If the numbers of people, um, you know, aren't needed. Um, but it's really difficult to say how that will work. Cause I think a lot of that will rely on patient demand as well. And actually how they want to interact with. with, with yeah. That makes sense. Not everyone will want to do that via video. And a screen, yeah, yeah. Um, so, so it'll be that, that blend of, of using it, but you know, working with, um, you know, patients to, uh, figure out what the, the best route forward is. But, you know, I'm excited for, you know, for health tech and, and medical devices, you know, I think, and I think that allies to, to what we're doing as, as well. Um, and I think, you know, we, yeah, that, that's, that's, that's going to excel. And I think it's absolutely crucial that, that we're part of that. I'm really looking forward to yeah, that's uh, awesome. developing that because, you know, by 2030, um, 80% of job roles will be tech and, 85% of roles will be, um, you know, that, that exist in 2030 haven't been invented yet. It's going to be an interesting, yeah, 10, 10 years. There's going to be lots of uh, repercussions from obviously what, what's, what's going on. But I think, yeah, I've been involved in, uh, in tech and particularly, you know, health tech is uh, awesome. Yeah. It's going to be interesting in terms of how that is now used to, um, you know, to shape, global health because it's got me we obviously work in the uk at the moment pay mm. only um these these new sectors will, will take us um outside of international those, yeah yeah you know outside of those borders um and i think you know in general people will be thinking more about global health care mm. than just you know national our country yeah yeah, yeah. Healthcare. that's really interesting um yeah, yeah. okay so two final questions for you andrea um first one is what are you most excited to do and for post covid um i think i'm, I'm really excited to uh to to, to to see everyone again and to <laughs> yeah haven't had chance to actually properly meet so far um so i think that's going to be really uh yeah really, really cool um um because we, we, you know, uh, in April we were due to have a quarterly outing. We had a couple of new team members, you know, scheduled for uh, for that, and obviously it was never able to uh, to happen. So that, yeah. when restrictions, you know, finally ease, it'll be great just to have everyone, um, you know, back. I mean, we don't know what that's going to look like, obviously yet, um, but at least if we are able to, you know, see see some people, um, I think that will be, uh, you know, really exciting. And then, yeah, personally, there's just been. Um, yeah, a few few things that we've had to uh, to, to cancel. You know, um, holidays. Yeah. Uh, you know, seeing people. People had birthdays. You know, during during lockdown. So 
um, yeah, you know, it would be good to would see some of those people that we've not been able to, you know, personally, um, you know, see, um, you know, just just give them a, you know, a hug and have some. Yeah, for sure. We'll be doing it over, uh, you know, over uh, a video call. Um, go out to eat somewhere as well. Oh god, I can't wait for that. You know, we we <laughs> had, we've had a couple of nice uh, meals like booked that, that we've gone by the wayside. Um, and uh, centre parks. I mean, I, I, you know, we go to centre parks a lot, but um, yeah, the kids uh, are really enjoying their bikes at the moment. And we had uh, centre parks booked in. in oh, centre parks are so good. So it'd be good to yeah get get them back there and, and on their bikes and yeah and just some things to look forward to in the calendar that just aren't obviously the yeah what we're doing at the moment. <laughs> yeah, totally, mate. Um, so last question I always ask people: you could um, answer this with a. Uh, a word, a phrase, a sentence, whatever comes to mind. But if if Andrew could communicate to every single recruiter out there, they'd listen, they'd take on your advice, they'd implement it tomorrow. What what would you say to the people if they're listening? What would your advice be? To, uh, to recruiters in general. Yeah. Um. Have you know? Have hope. Use it as a, a time to uh, kind of reflect on what you're doing. And I think you know, going forwards, work for. Um, you know, a, a company that you believe in and in a, mm. um, that you believe in. And if you find the right place, obviously, you know, things are going to bounce back. Um, we're not going to be in this recession for, uh, you know, forever. So I think for, for those that found it kind of like really tough at the moment, you know, keep, keep going, um, you know, keep calling your candidates, clients, foster goodwill, goodwill equity, as I've heard people, you know, refer to it. Um, and you'll be in a fantastic position for when, when things do return to normal. And, you know, if you've been working through this and you're having to work twice as hard, you'll be a way better recruiter for it. Yeah. So, you know, I think, Ryan, you know, grit, grit it out. You know, it, it is tough, but, you know, the best lessons are learned from tough situations. Mm. Grit it out and you'll be a way better recruiter after this, you know. So just just hang in there because things, things are going to get better. Yeah. Andrew, I love that. Um, Andrew, it's been a pleasure. Thanks a lot. Oh, really enjoyed welcome. this. So, um, yeah, me too. Yeah, really enjoyed finding out your, your story more about the business. I think it's wicked and excited to see how it unravels, mate. Yeah, no, it's awesome. been a pleasure, Hisham. Thanks, Thanks very much. Cheers. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I really want to ensure this podcast remains valuable and relevant for all of you. If you have topics or questions you would love me to cover with future guests, then please get in touch with me. Best place to get me is on LinkedIn. Just search Hishimazuz and drop me a message. I would love to hear from you. Finally, if you have two minutes, it would be greatly appreciated if you could leave an honest review for the podcast. It will simply mean that I can reach more people with this podcast. You can easily leave a review for the podcast by clicking the link in the episode notes or by going to ratethispodcast.com forward slash rollercoaster. Thank you again for listening.